Welcome to Epiphany Church. My name is Pastor Derek Parks, and I have the privilege of serving here as the lead pastor. And so I want to welcome you to week four in a series that we've called The Middle, Life in Transition. And so through this series, we've been walking through the life of some biblical characters whose lives have been in transition. Last week, we looked at the life of Jesus, who found himself in the middle of transition inside of a tomb where he was quarantined. And through that, we discovered some lessons about how to navigate through the middle of darkness. And that lesson was that we must remember the empty tomb. After that, once we remember the empty tomb, we have to run to the empty tomb. After running to the tomb, we have to look inside and review the empty tomb so that finally we can recognize the empty tomb. And so this week, we're going to look at the life of the disciples in a message that I'm titling, The Middle of Waiting. The Middle of Waiting. And so turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, and I'll read through through the 8th verse in the Christian Standard Bible here. Hear these words of our Father. It says that while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. Which he had said, you heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked Jesus, they said, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? To which he said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us to hear from you clearly today. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through us mightily, Lord, and that you would communicate with clarity God, the words of life that you have for your people today. And so, Father, through that, I pray, God, that you would stand in my body today and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer, who I place all my trust. Amen. I want to submit this idea to you today. If you're going to navigate the middle then you must know how to wait. Now, I know I done lost a whole bunch of you already. Like, Pastor Derek, I don't like waiting. I got no passion, no patience, and I hate waiting. I want you to stick with me, though, as we navigate through this, because I'm going to help you today to learn how to navigate the middle and learn how to navigate life in transition by learning how to wait. The first thing that you have to do if you're going to learn how to wait is you have to know that time 
is in his hands. Verse 4, he says that while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. While Jesus was with them, some translations say that while he was eating with them, but as he had gathered them together, as he had assembled his disciples together, he assembled them to give them a command. See, God, he, Jesus himself, he assembled his disciples in order to give them some orders about how they're to navigate throughout the next season of transition in their life. And that's an important word for us today to know that life is filled with transitions. And so as we're going through this series, I want you to see and know very clearly that your life will always in one form or another be in the midst of a transition So you have to learn how to wait. So Jesus here, he gives them a command. He 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 transmits this message to them. He orders them to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the father's promise. So as he's calling them to this, he's saying, listen, I don't want you all to leave. I don't want you to separate yourself from Jerusalem. See, if you know anything about Jerusalem, Jerusalem was the epicenter of religious life during Jesus's time. It was the center of hope for Jewish people. If the Jews knew if they could just get to Jerusalem, then they could see God begin to do some things and work in their life. And so this was the place of hope for them. And so Jesus is giving us a word today, too. He's letting us know not to separate ourselves from the place where God wants to do things in our lives. You see, what happens is, is while we're navigating throughout the middle, we often want to rush our way through it. We often want to rush our way through it to get to the other side. But what we miss is, is that the only way to get to the place that God desires for you is to go through the place where you are now. And all the time, that's the middle. And so what we have to learn is we've got to learn how to wait. Jesus is telling them, in other words, he's saying, don't allow your circumstances to place room between you and the center of your hope. See, Jesus is telling them, he's saying, listen, don't leave Jerusalem yet. Don't leave the place of hope. And what we have to begin to see, we have to begin to see the middle as the shaping ground. We have to see the middle as the place where God is working and forming in us and producing in us a hope that cannot be taken away because we know if we're able to endure through the circumstances of the middle, then we'll be able to endure throughout the rest of our lives. And so as we're in transition, I want you to see this. I want you to know this very clearly. He called them to wait. In other words, Jesus is telling them, he's saying, listen, stay around. Just stick around. Don't don't go nowhere. I want you right here in Jerusalem because I'm getting ready to do something through you in the place that's uncomfortable for you right now. See, the disciples were in Jerusalem right after their Savior had been 
crucified, but he rose from the grave and appeared to them for 40 days. And now they're in a position, they find themselves in the middle, and they don't necessarily know what to do. But Jesus is leaving them, but he's not leaving them without instruction. And so I want you to know that Jesus has not left you without instruction. Jesus has left you with a book full of instruction on how you are to live your life. And the one thing that he's calling us to do in this season of our life and every season of our life is to learn how to wait on the Lord. See, this word comes from, this word for waiting comes from a root word which means to abide. And so as he's calling them to abide, what Jesus is saying to them, he's telling them, listen, I want you to remain in Jerusalem until the Father's promise appears. This, this word has the sense of dwelling with the promise. See, this is getting good to me because this word has the sense of living and hanging on to the promises of God. In other words, it has the idea of surviving with the promise. Sometimes you got to know that if you're going to survive through the middle, then you've got to hold on to the promises of God. And so I want to encourage you today while you're in the middle, while your life is in transition and whatever that transition might look like for you. It might be the loss of a job. It might be the loss of some purpose. It might be the loss of a loved one. Wherever you find yourself in the middle of transition, I want you to hold on and I want you to dwell and I want you to know that the only way for you to survive is to hang on to the promises of God. See, this promise here, it speaks of an announcement or a message of blessing. This promise here, this word refers to a divine assurance of good from God. And so anytime you hear of a promise in the scriptures, you ought to know that it's a promise of blessing. And so what Jesus is telling them, he's telling them, listen, the promise that comes from the Father is one of good. Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans that I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And so with Jesus here, he's telling them, listen, there's a promise from the Father that is coming, and the only way that you access it is if you learn how to wait. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it tells us, it says that after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. It says, then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams, and your young men will see visions. See, the promise of God is connected to this reality. It's connected to the reality that dreams and visions will follow the Holy Spirit. See, when the Spirit is poured out on all humanity, what's going to take place is that your old men and your old women, your young men and your young women, they will begin to dream and vision things that were not possible for them to dream and vision if it were not for the Holy Spirit in their lives. 
See, you've got something deposited into you. You've got an assurance of good and blessing deposited into you. If you are a believer in Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit of God. And so what I want you to know is that this Holy Spirit, it comes with some stuff. And I want you to see here that this idea that he's talking about, he's telling me, he says, listen, you're going to wait on the Father's promise because John, he baptized with water, but a day is coming and not a few days when you will be baptized with the Spirit. Being baptized with the Spirit carries this idea. Basically, being baptized means to be immersed into something. So in other words, when you are in the middle of waiting, you must be immersed with the Holy Spirit. See, as you are learning how to wait, you've got to learn how to wait in the spirit. And all that means is this. I want you to know this. That means that you cannot walk according to your flesh. And I want to help you today because I know it might be tempting while you're in the middle of something, while your life is in transition, to rely on your flesh instead of relying on the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to challenge you today, wherever you are in your life, whatever middle you might find yourself in, to just hold on and walk by the Spirit and don't try to walk by the flesh in order to make transitions happen in your life on your own. Jesus is letting them know this. He's saying that in times like these, you cannot rely on your flesh. You must rely on the Spirit. Here's how that looks. This, this idea of baptism, and ha- it carries three ideas or, or, or three references in the Scriptures. The first one is this. It's to dip something repeatedly. So here's what that looks like for us. Y'all ready? That means that you need to have a regular rhythm of being baptized in the Spirit. Here's what that means. And if you're going to have a regular rhythm of being baptized in the Spirit, that means that you have to consistently go back to the well of your source of refreshment and renewal. And that's the only way for you to remain in the Spirit. So how do you do that? You, you do that by going back to the Word of God and seeing what it is that the Word of God has to say for your life. The next sense that it has is this sense, this, this idea of baptizing in the Spirit. It has this sense of being immersed in it. So what I want to submit to you is this, is that we need to learn how to rest in being baptized in the Spirit. So the only way you learn how to do that, the way that you learn how to rest in the Spirit is to consistently assess your heart according to what the Scripture says for your life. Are you wrestling with anxiety and not rest? Well, that's because you have not been immersed in the Holy Spirit of God. Are you, are you wrestling with the, the, the grips of depression over your life? Well, well, that's because you have not properly assessed your heart against the rest that Jesus is calling for you to have in him. And the only way that you can do that is to be immersed in the Spirit of God. You've got to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. The last sense is the sense of being submerged. It, it's, it's similar to that of being immersed, but this idea, it, it, it suggests to us that we need to find relief from being baptized 
in the Holy Spirit. So if you are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've got to be fully submerged in the waters of the Spirit. See, what that means is, is that you are, the fish doesn't know that it's wet. And so while you are navigating throughout the middle, you've got to know that whatever's going on around you, it doesn't necessarily, it, it might have an impact on you, but it doesn't have to affect you fully because you know the place where your source lies, and that is through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power lives on the inside of you. And so I want to help us today. They went on to ask Jesus in verse 6, they said, Jesus, is this now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? See, the most tragic thing to happen in the midst of waiting is that we become consumed with the idea of restoration of a previous time. So much so that we forget that we have power in the now. See, this idea of restoring, it comes from a root word which means to stand still. And, and we can't navigate the middle if we're stuck in former times. See, learners are the ones who have the pathway forward in the future. And if you are going to navigate through the middle, then you must be consistent and not focusing on former times and the way that things used to be and how things were. So many people have been saying, man, I can't wait till things get back to normal. But what if things don't get back to normal and God has called us to navigate the middle in a new way? And he doesn't leave us to do that on our own strength, but he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit in order to navigate through the middle. And so here's what happens. He tells them, listen, don't be focused on those former times. He says, don't, 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 don't worry about the time or the periods that are going to come up. He's saying, listen, you can't know the seasons that are coming up in life. That's what he means there. And you can't understand the fixed or definitive time where God is going to do something. Those things are set by his authority. And so whether it's a season of time or a date that this all will end, we're all wondering when this coronavirus stuff is going to end. But the reality is this, is that God has set that. He has fixed that according to his own authority. That word authority is the word exousia, which, is, which means that God has the power of choice and he has the liberty of doing as he pleases. We tend to forget that what makes God God is that he can do what he wants to do. The old church used to say, he can do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, and why he wants to do it. Maybe you think that that's a flagrant sort of thing. But I want to submit to you is that that's not a flagrant action that God takes, but in fact, it's a deliberate act of his mastery, his capacity, and his competence. You see, the knowledge of time is preserved just for the Father's authority. And it's because he is the only one who is competent enough. He's the only one who is capable enough in order to dictate things and how they should go. So when God brings you to the middle, guess what it is? It's to display his power in your life. 
it's not for bringing you to a place where you just have to feel helpless and hopeless. No, God is saying while you're in the middle, I want to pour out my spirit upon you and I want you to feel the weight and capacity and competence of my hand and knowing that I'm the only one who can deliver you out of this circumstance and out of this mess. So when God does that, when he brings us to this, I want you to see the beauty of the gospel here because the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrated last week pointed us to this, to know that if we're going to navigate the middle, then we've got to know that power has been given to us. Verse 8 says this. He says, listen, after this, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the earth. What Jesus is telling to his disciples and what he's telling to us today is that after the middle comes power. See, I want you to get that today. I want you to gather that sense in your heart that after you navigate through the middle of circumstance, after you've navigated through the middle of difficulty, there comes a power that cannot be taken from you. There comes a power that cannot be snatched away from you. And that is the power of knowing that God is able to deliver you out of whatever circumstance you might find yourself in tells us that after this you'll receive power with the Holy Spirit. You'll, you'll receive dynamis. It's, it's this miraculous power. It refers to ability and abundance. And so what he's telling them, he says, listen, after you've navigated through the middle, after you've learned how to wait, you'll gain a power that is miraculous. After you've learned how to wait, you'll be able to walk through some stuff that you never thought you'd be able to make it through, but it's because you've learned how to wait that you're able to endure through whatever storm and transition that life brings your way. So he tells him, he says, listen, you're going to gain power. And you're going to gain power not for yourself, but to be my witnesses. See, this idea here, Jesus is stating to them that in the middle of waiting, He'll give us power so that we can become witnesses. And this word here, it suggests that we become spectators of his power. See, whatever it is that you make it through in life, it's not you don't make it through so that you can go and be or do something. But you make it through so that you can be a spectator and then communicate the power of God to others. And so whatever goes on in your life, whatever we do for God is designed to allow us to be spectators of his power and not of our own power. So when we go through this, when we go through times like this, I don't want us to get confused. When we go through times like this, we think that, God, if you could just give me the power to make it through this, then, then I can get back to the way my life was before all this. No, Jesus is telling us, he told, he's telling the disciples, listen, I'm going to give you power in order to be witnesses to my power. And so the way that they were going to be witnesses to his power, he was letting them know this. He's saying, listen, that 
after this, after this, verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Spirit comes, and you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. And then jump to verse 9. He tells them this. He tells them this in verse number 9. And this is the last thing that I want you to know as you're navigating throughout the middle. If you're going to navigate through the middle of waiting, you got to know this one fact. That help is on the way. See, after these things he said to them, he was taken, as he was taken up, they were watching the cloud that took him out of their sight. And while he was going up, they were gazing into heaven. And suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them and they said, verse 11, they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. And that's good news for us today. As you are learning how to wait, you've got to know that time is in his hands. And as you learn that time is in his hands, you have to know that power will be given to you. But that power that's given to you is to make you a spectator of his glory and know that as he was taken up, as he was elevated from here on the cloud, and as you watch him descend with you, ascend with your eyes, as you gazed at him, as you fastened your eyes on him, that same Jesus who was taken up is going to come again. That same Jesus who was taken away in your sight, he's going to come again and help is on the way. See, there's a time coming where Jesus is going to return. See, there's a time coming as you're learning how to wait. You've got to know that Jesus, one day he's coming back for his people. And when he comes back for his people, he's going to take us to be with him. But not only that. He's going to conquer his enemies. He's going to vanquish sin for good. He's going to get rid of all the problems that we have in this life. And so we can wait in the middle because we know that as long as we wait, we've got some help coming. We can know that as long as we hold on, there are reinforcements coming. And when Jesus comes back, the scripture lets us know that he's going to crack the sky with the sound of his voice. And he's going to have a sword in one hand. And he's going to come and he's going to vanquish all of his enemies. And all the problems of this life, no coronavirus, no addiction, no, no divorce, no, no miscarriages, none of those things will be able to stand against the power of the one who is coming back. Church, I want to call you today to know that Jesus is sending help in the form of himself. See, there's a day that's coming when Jesus is going to return and he's going to gather up his people. And so while we wait through these difficult circumstances in our life currently, it's teaching us how to wait for our ultimate redemption. See, as we wait right now and as we learn how to hold on and know that time is in his hands and as we know that as we wait, we will gain some power after this. The Holy Spirit will empower us. As we learn how to wait, we will have to learn to know that he is on the way and he will help us. And there's a day that's coming where there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more dying. And so many of you at this point now you know people who've lost their lives due to this virus many of you know people who have lost their jobs as a result of all that's going on right now and this transition of life is very difficult 
is hard for a lot of us. But you got to know that help is on the way. And that hope is not just a temporal kind of thing, but it's an eternal hope. We know that these light afflictions cannot be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed in us. And so we've got to hold on today. We've got to learn how to wait. We've got to learn how to navigate the middle of waiting and know that Jesus will deliver us when it's all said and done. And so if you're watching today and you don't know about this Jesus, I want to pray for you. Jesus gives us a simple invitation here in the scriptures. In fact, in the book of Acts, he gives us a simple invitation to know that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And all you have to do is call out to him right now. Jesus is listening. He's hearing. He's waiting. And so I want to encourage you. I want to call you to a relationship with Jesus. One where you will have power. And that no matter what goes on in this life, you'll be able to navigate through the difficulty of life because you've got the same power on the inside of you that raised Jesus up from the dead. If you want that power today, we want to pray for you. We want you to type, I decided, in the comment line or send a text to the phone number that we're going to give you right after this. And somebody's going to follow up with you. But right now, I want to pray for you. Father, I pray right now for those under the sound of my voice that don't know you, God. I pray, God, that they would call on your name today so they might walk in relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray, God, by your grace, by your power, and by your mercy, that you would save mightily today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Blessings to you. We love you. Grace and peace. We long to see you soon.